0: Okay, so I hope this class so far has been going well for you. We're like at the halfway point, and I just handed out the actual books that you were supposed to get from the very beginning. Uh, Apparently, they were here last week, but they were hidden in a dungeon. So um, eventually, um, the hero went into the dungeon, killed the lion, and got them of the lion's mouth so here we are so you get an opportunity to transfer the notes that you have hopefully and in so doing you'll also be able to um to glean more and learn more and, and and go a little deeper so so far we've covered the prophetic words that were spoken about jesus that we have seen him fulfill in the gospels and the importance of the um of that prophetic ministry uh, as evidence that what God spoke about in Genesis, Jesus then goes on to start fulfilling when he goes into the Gospels. Uh, we looked at the birth of Jesus, how it seemed like it was a, a non-event. There was no big, great party that was happening when he comes on the earth. There is more events. It's more eventful at his death than it is at his birth because, again, his mission was set right at the end is where his mission was, and when that is accomplished, then you know the earth going dark for uh for three hours and and then the temple curtains being torn and and there's so much of a physical evidence of that than there is at the time of his birth but you do see tokens of 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 affirmation of who he is uh even at 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 his at his birth but then look at the early years that in his growing up Uh, He's still getting prepared for ministry that, again, he is full God and full man, and so he Goes on to practice the traditions and the culture of the Jewish people he doesn't throw that away but he still practices it and in that he continues to learn even though he's full God and he's his full uh, men. and then we looked at the call of the disciples as he's about to set up out his ministry that he was not going to do it solo he was not going to go by himself that he recognized the need to have people around him because again this gospel that he is preaching is two people and it's it's for people and so he's always going to have the need to use people because again that's the authority that he functions under on this earth is not a just a supernatural authority but the natural authority has to involve people because it is to people that god has placed authority here on this earth so So we want to look at two things that um, Jesus used while he was on this earth to minister and that is his teachings and the miracles. Uh, I think oftentimes we get lost in the miracles that we forget the teaching, but the miracle always led to something. The miracle was not a show off as in see how great and awesome I am like a basketball player when they shoot that three and they go, you know, this is me. It's not what Jesus was doing, saying, hey, I can shoot the three ball. It was like, here is the miracle, and this is what it points to. Here's the miracle, and this is why the reason it happens. So you've always got that question. I don't know in your circles, but you have the question that will be asked is, why don't we see miracles, quote and unquote, today, right? That's a question that is often asked. Uh, But we do see miracles, If you were to allow yourself to see the move of God within our time and our existence today, you would see that God is still moving and God still performs miracles. Now, again, our minds have to be able to open up to see when we're reading the text, sometimes we're lost in in the spiritual aspect of it, the, the supernatural aspect of it, that again, uh, when God does the thing because it doesn't have that douse of, oh my gosh, what just happened? We're assumed that, that it's not a miracle. Um, but if you notice the reaction of the people of the time, even though they were amazed and they had that, oh my gosh, it was a thing that uh, did not take them take them aback so much, because, again, they understand that God has the ability to heal rested with the Jewish people. And so they did not let that, you know, sort of derail them in that point. Because if they did, at the time when it was that moment for the crucifixion, that the very same people that are yelling, you know, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. So they, they didn't, it didn't get lost on them to see the humanity of Jesus, even as he was performing uh, the miracles. So I kind of want to look at that and just get in a little deeper. And so let's start with the first question, what did Jesus do naturally to prepare for ministry? And I coined that question that way specifically, because I think that there was always this thought that, you know, because Jesus is, is, is the word of God incarnate, that he did not have any moments or times of preparation, that he didn't get into the word that you know he was like you know yeah the words in there and that's it and i just have to move along and we can easily fall into that trap trap especially when we think of our relationship with the holy spirit and then have the thought that yeah the holy spirit is with me so hey i don't really need to do anything naturally in order for me to get the word in me but jesus did actually study the word so he was full God to be sure, and not only did he have the word in him, but he was the word, but it should not be lost in us, however, that he followed the way of the Jewish tradition and culture. So he would have gone through the bar mitzvah just like any Jewish boy, and so he would have studied the word. And that's why when you read uh, the text, it says that when he's in the temple there and he's he's asking questions. Okay, it doesn't say he 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 took it and then he started teaching them, but he was asking questions, and it's the kind of questions he was asking that had the Jewish leaders marveling, like, "Wow." You would think to ask that at 12, wow, is kind of where they were coming from. So he was asking questions and he was learning. And so there was a natural aspect to his learning, which is why we should never abandon the study of the Word of God. It doesn't matter how spiritual you think you are or how much of the Holy Spirit has used you. Remember, the Spirit is subject to the prophet also. So you still need to have the study of of the Word of God. So John the Baptist played a very interesting role in setting up the scene for Jesus. Again, Malachi had already prophesied and talked about Elijah coming to turn the hearts of the fathers to the sons and the sons to the fathers, uh, meaning that there has to be an attitude or a spirit of repentance for the message of the kingdom to be preached. If the message of the kingdom is preached and there's no repentance, then it is difficult for the message of the kingdom to reach the minds and the hearts of people. So Elijah comes, or John the Baptist comes, and he prepares that path. Because again, you got to realize John is not healing. Okay, John is not healing. John is not performing miracles to the scale that Jesus is. What is John doing? John is preaching the message of repentance and baptizing people. And this then pulls people towards Uh, towards him so he's not doing the supernatural but in what he is doing it pulls people to him that they even send the jewish leaders over and say hey who are you you know who we need to tell the people that sent us to give a word that who are you and then he that's when he says i am the the, the voice in the desert and and, and and things like that but the preparation it's it's very key for us to understand an unrepentant mind or an unrepentant heart cannot hear or receive the kingdom message and so repentance is very key in order for that preparation to happen so so jesus again always models things for us and how we are to, to live and how we are to function here on, on this earth. So what is the significance of the testing in the wilderness? I always found this interesting. So the Bible says God cannot be tempted, but then the script says Jesus was tempted by the devil, but at the same time, God cannot be tempted. And so that can easily fall into the realm of contradiction because in the one way you're saying he is, in the other place you're saying that he cannot be. So the act of tempting is what he faced from the devil. But he did not have the carnal spirit or the sin nature in order for him to be able to fall to the temptation. Does that make sense? So he's not tempted in that he does not make the choice to say, I will follow through with the temptation. So he has the strength and the presence of the word of God. Yes. I said what? no no he was not going to choose to fall into the temptation he, he he does not have the ability in the sin nature in him to grapple with the temptation to make the choice to be sinful does that make sense okay what are you t- tell me what you think right can god sin what? can god sin well i think jesus had the opportunity but he chose because he not to. to right That's but no but the question i'm asking this question can god sin He's so when god jesus himself into a human being right to be right so so okay I don't want us to labor this. I don't want us to labor this. So how do you explain that God cannot be tempted or Jesus cannot be tempted? Well, it said God cannot be tempted in the Old Testament. And then God sent his son to be tempted to show that with the power of God, you can stand against. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> so this is what I'm I'm going to say. And you can do your own research. Like I said, I am a man. And I can get it wrong, so you want? I want you to go study this very thing that she's that she's saying she disagrees with me. What I'm saying is Jesus did not have the sin nature, and because he did not have the sin nature, he was not going to fall into temptation because he was full of God's word. So he was not going to make the choice to follow with the word with the, with the way of the devil because he had the fullness of 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 the word of God in him, unlike you and I have the opportunity to be pulled off by the sin nature in order to go into the flesh, to go into, into sin. But the reason why... At least we can agree on this. The reason why he goes through the testing of the wilderness is Hebrews 2 and 17. So that he can identify with us. Because he himself faces the same things that we face. And so he is a high priest who is able to identify with us. Which is something that the other religions and the other prophets do not have a position to say. So the reason why that happened, uh, why he goes into the wilderness again, is so that he can identify with us. And your reference there is Hebrews 2 and verse 17. So what enabled Jesus to be bold in his proclamation of his identity? So at the beginning of his ministry, Jesus has the relationship with the Holy Spirit. And I think this is exactly why I feel like this is it's key for us to understand this. So him having the fullness of God in him, the fullness of the word, did not negate the power or the need of the Holy Spirit in him. Because the Holy Spirit then... Is the one that gives him the boldness that he needs in order to give, uh, uh, to give, in order to, to operate in the ministry that was set before him. So remember the verse that says he's able to do far more exceedingly, far more abundantly than we can ever think, ask, or imagine according to the power that is at work in us and here's the key on understanding your identity is that the holy spirit is going to take what is already on the inside of you so if you're not depositing enough word on the inside of you that's when we start grappling with um with our own self-identity so you've got to put the word of god in you as jesus put the word of god in him and the holy spirit then works inside with the power that is in us in order to be able to stand and and boldly proclaim um, um, our identity in him. Okay, let's look at miracles. So Jesus says that my hour has not yet come, or my time has not yet come. What do we understand by that? So the ref- this reference to time in which he is to be revealed as the Messiah, the Son of God, in essence, he's saying that my time has not yet come for the attention to be drawn to myself. Because the attention is going to be drawn to him in order for him to be revealed as Messiah. So we see that when he is at the cross, he says, my time has fully come. In other words, the time for him to be revealed as the true Messiah, as the Lamb of God, happens when he's at the cross. But when he's at the wedding, at the funeral, the reason he says this to his mother, he's saying, the time for the attention to be drawn to me is not yet here. And so that's why even when he performs the miracle, the servants, the disciples, and Mary are the only ones who knew what happened. And the word does not spread from that point on that he is the Messiah because he was not going to draw attention to himself. And so that's what he means when he says, my time has not yet come. In other words, my time has not yet come in order for me to be revealed. That attention is drawn to me that people would know who I am. So then the question then comes, so did Mary know? that he could perform miracles. Did Mary know that? Did Mary know a miracle was about to happen? And here again, I want you to go in and uh, go on to, 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 to further study so you can get this. Mary would have grown up knowing the deity of Jesus. And she would have also grown up as a mother and being able to see the little things that are happening. As you can see, when the writers are writing, they always say, and Mary kept these things in her heart so in keeping those things in her heart she knew the deity she had the tokens of affirmation of 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 his deity and so she could see that he had the ability to do anything all right so um it's 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 kind of foolish for me to ask brandon okay brandon can i have a million dollars right (laughs) It's kind of foolish for me to ask him that. Why? Number one, sorry, Brent, I don't think he has a million dollars. Okay? So so you're never going to ask somebody for a thing if they actually don't possess it or if you don't believe they possess it. Does that make sense? Or number two, if he has a million dollars, if I don't believe he has the desire to give it to me, I wouldn't ask him. Does that make sense? So, Brandon, you have a million dollars now. I've changed your story, but I don't think you want to give me a million dollars. So I'm not going to ask you of that. So when Mary actually then says, whatever he asks of you do, it speaks to the fact that, A, she knew he had the capacity to give it, and number two, the will to give it. And so that's why she doesn't go on a, yes? It makes you curious to think that maybe he had done that. Right exactly so yeah that's what that's what i'm talking about the tokens of affirmation that that have gone along with that so yes mary did know and mary did have the uh, confidence that uh, jesus had the capacity and the capability and the will to be able to um to be able to to perform the miracle uh why did jesus instruct the servants to take the wine to the master of the feast again so you have this scenario happen where the master of the feast is like the master of ceremony at a wedding. Everything goes through the master of the feast. So the master of the feast is the one that says, yeah, these hors d'oeuvres are good for the for the wedding. Yeah, go ahead and serve these hors d'oeuvres. Or we don't want to use these hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> They're terrible. Throw them away. Bring in something new. So the reason why the wine has to go to the master of ceremony is so the master of ceremony it authenticates the miracle. Does that make sense? And so he tastes the miracle and says, hmm, this is the best wine that he had tasted of the day, and that the best one was 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 saved uh, for the later part. And so God's miracle right there is confirmed that A, the water did turn into wine. And the wine that it was turned to was not cheap wine, but fine wine, because God does not do a half had miracle, but he actually completes the miracle and he does it well. Okay, so what was the significance of this miracle to the ministry of of, of Jesus? So this is kind of like a it's kind of like a, a stepping stone here. First of all, we understand that his time has not yet come. But in the same manner, we see that Jesus performing miracle is not always a, a miracle needed on lowly situations. So we see a crippled being healed. We see people that are sick being healed. We seeing the dead being in This is a tough situations. This is a difficult moment. But here, it's just simply turning water into wine. It's it's more of a want than it is a need. Does that make sense? And Jesus yet still performs a miracle. And then this gets us to understand why we pray even for the things that we might want, because God is about wanting to also bless us with the things that we want to have. Does that make sense? So it's not always that I can only see a miracle when the situation is grave or when the situation is difficult, when the situation is tough, that's when I see a miracle. But I could also believe God when the situation is not that great, that listen, this day is going crazy and I might not get that promotion. I really don't Necessarily need the promotion because God is still going to provide for me one way or the other, but I want it. I can still pray and God do a miracle. Does that make sense? Okay. So that's what we get to see in that. So, what are the roles of the miracle? Now, the first thing that I want you to do is I've got John chapter 4, verse 43 to 54 there. Just read that, but that's not the reference point I want you to have because that's a Galilean official. And that he, he, that person is Jewish. So the one that I want you to reference with is Matthew 15 verse 21 to 28. Matthew 15 verse 21 to 28. So this is the um, um, the woman who is a Gentile who goes to Jesus and requests that Jesus heal the daughter and Jesus says that um, it is not right for me to take the food of the children and give it to to the dogs and then the woman says even the dogs can eat the crumbs that fall off the master's table so this is the gentile woman so why does jesus heal uh the gentile so again this points to 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 the the aspect of the miracle is to point to faith because she has faith and she has a persistent faith in the ability of jesus to give her the thing that she desires so back to brandon Okay? If I believe, one, Brandon can give me a million dollars, and number two, he has the desire to give me a million dollars, then I, in faith, I can become persistent. Does that make sense? In faith, I become persistent because I believe those two things. He has it and he wants to give it to me. And so that's what the woman has. So she has that persistent faith to say, hey, I know you've got this and I know you're willing and I know you can. And so then she becomes persistent and says, Hey, do this. And then he retorts and he says, Yeah, but listen, this is I'm I'm here for the Jews first, before I turn it over to, to the Gentiles. And then she goes, No, you you can do it now. I know you can. And then, then Jesus goes, Wow, that is just awesome faith. Be it done to you as you know you've desired. So if I believe those two things and I say, Brandon, I, I know you and then Brandon goes, ah, you know, I got the, and I write him a lovely letter that talks about his awesomeness and his greatness and how great of a dude he is. And then he's going to go, ah, shucks, thunder! Here's a million dollars. Okay, So, so that's kind of why that healing of the, of, of, of the Gentile is important to see that the currency of heaven is faith. And it cuts across the culture, it cuts across the time, it cuts across all that. Does that make sense? So it doesn't matter where I am. It doesn't matter where I'm positioned. As long as I have faith, and faith is faith in God, then I'm able to see the power of God released in my life. So then we've got the second guy. So uh, this is Mark, again, uh, the second script that scripture says Matthew 2, verse 1 to 12. It's actually Mark 2, verse 1 to 12. So just cross out Matthew and put Mark on there. And this is the healing of the paralytic. So this guy... Is a sinful guy, the paralytic is. He does not request healing. Okay, he doesn't say, "Jesus, can you heal me?" But his friends have the faith to say, "Okay, we have gonna get this guy to where he needs to get to," and then they lower him through the uh, through the opening of the roof, and then Jesus then goes, "Wow!" He sees their faith, and then he heals the paralytic. And that that theological question opens up here where they say whoa who are you who says you know your sins are forgiven you don't have the right to say that but then he says okay what which one is easier to say your sins are forgiven or pick up your mat and and go along your way but what's key here what i find interesting and i think you also want to kind of look into this whole play out is This guy, number one, didn't say, hey, Jesus, I need help. Number two, he's a sinful man. And we don't know, we're not told what his heart condition is, whether he believes that Jesus is going to be able to to heal him or not, or whether he wants to move on and live a holy life after the fact. But we know that he has a sin issue, but we also know that the friends have faith for him. And, 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 and I think this is key in our present culture today to understand of the things that, are, that, that exist in our world, of the people that we love, that we can have faith for them, for Jesus to actually move on, 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 on their behalf, for them to experience the power of God. Now, he doesn't take away this man's choice, but he forgives the sins of this man because of the faith of the friends. Again, the miracle speaks to the currency of faith. That faith, even he, us as his, um, even us as 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 friends or as 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 family members, we can have faith to believe for a miracle for somebody else, and ask God to show His power for somebody else. Okay, so Jesus then calming the storm. Why does Jesus calm the storm again? So, if you the the, the synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. All have an account of this, of the st- the storm being 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 stopped. But I like Mark's account. So Matthew's the only one who says they said, uh, "Jesus, help us! There is a storm." But the other two don't have that. Jesus, help us! Part. Uh, Mark specifically says they said to him, "Do you not care that we die?" Okay, so. So the way I see this, again, you can study this one for yourself too, but the way I see this is it's not the same thing as I'm going to you because I believe you have the capacity to stop the storm. It was more like, why are you not freaking out like we are freaking out? Do you not care that we're about to die in this storm? You see that? So the place, there, the place that they have there is not a place of faith. So it's not the, the, the fact that the storm occurred. It's their reaction to the storm was more to be afraid and to freak out even though Jesus is there. And they're looking at Jesus, not so much to say, uh, Jesus, okay, we couldn't handle the storm. Do you mind? Or hey, Jesus, there's a storm. What do we do? That was not the question. The question is, do you not care that we perish? More Speaking more to, I'm I'm freaking out that this is happening. And so they were actually wanting Jesus to me to freak out too. Like, do you not care that this is happening? You're not even moving. You're still just lying down on the boat and all this is happening around us. Don't you care? And so then he gets up, he calms the storm, and then he says, you don't have, you lack faith. Right? You lack faith. Okay, so, and why did Jesus um, allow Lazarus to die? So, the whole thing about Lazarus here, to me, is the glory of God. There, there's a revelation that, that has to be had here, that has to be seen,